What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Sports on the House. I'm your host, Robert Ventula, and I'm joined by Jason Padilla and Nathan Wasserman. What's up, guys? Hey. Hey, how you doing? What's going on, Rob? Yeah, dude, we're going to talk about the massive trades that have happened in the last half an hour. We're going to talk about free agency. And, of course, the biggest news yet, Katie asking for a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. Um, let's get right into it, guys. So, Kevin Durant. Uh, said this offseason, uh, last game of the season, that he wanted to work things out with Sean Marks and 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 see where the direction of this team is going to go. And two months later, um, he requested a trade, which was yesterday. Uh, NBA Twitter exploded. The whole basketball world exploded. Um, this is obviously massive news, arguably the biggest asset in the NBA. Um, let's start, Jason. What's your whole take on Kevin Durant asking for a trade? It's just bonkers. I mean, it is pretty crazy that after just signing and saying I want to leave uh, Golden State to lead my own team, not even a year into it, pretty much, and he's saying I want out. <laughs> it's it's pretty funny to see him say that, honestly, because he was talking all this smack, you know, back in the day, you know, about how his rings now he's got his championships and everything. But it's yeah, I just think it's pretty funny, honestly, that all this happened with Kyrie and him and Harden. They all got together and it just ended up imploding, pretty much. I mean, yeah, I mean, Nathan, before you go, it's it's like. This was like one of the greatest teams on paper ever made. I mean, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant, and all they have to show for it in three years is one playoff series win. That's like absurd. What's your take on that, Nathan? You know, when I saw this team come together in the first place, at the end of the day, <laughs> you got two guys who are my two least favorite players in the NBA and Kyrie Irving and KD. So I'm not going to lie. I was a hater. I was rooting against them. So that's part of it. But I honestly never thought they had a chance. Um you know, they're too similar of players. The fit was never there. And they are not LeBron and D-Wade. If you're as good as LeBron and D-Wade and you're the two best players in the NBA, you make it work. But if you're not LeBron and D-Wade and there's not a fit, you're not going to win. And that's what kind of what happened. And they also have a ton of injury risk. And, of course, then Kyrie went off the rails even more. And, I mean, Durant got a little bit older. Harding pulled his hamstring. And then, of course, now Harden's gone. Um, you know, there was a lot of red flags of that team for me, and it was not to me the super team everyone said it was. Sure, you have three great players, but they're all guys that I mean, KD's not ball dominant, but I mean, Harden and Kyrie are ball dominant players. And I know Kyrie made it work with LeBron, but there's too much overlap in what they do. There was never enough defense, they never had the role players built around them to make them succeed. They really didn't provide them with any role players. Um, it was really an inexperienced job by the GM of trying to maybe put a team together around these guys, and he just couldn't do it. Um, and honestly, to me, it's partially on the players for, I mean, their personalities and how they didn't make it work, but it's also partially on the GM for not seeing how this wouldn't work and really not um, not getting the right guys around them. And if I were the Nets, I'd be firing um, Sean Marks today. A solid, um, solid take right there. I definitely agree with you what you just said there pretty much. Wow. Well, let's just take a moment to understand that Sean Marks basically gave his job to Kevin Durant and Kyrie and followed everything he said. He, he hired the coach, Steve Nash. Kevin Durant doesn't want a minute, but that's his bottom line. What happened made every single move to tailor those two guys. Um, I don't think we've ever seen a player, at least in my lifetime, like Kyrie Irving, just d- destroy three franchises within a five year span. It's unbelievable. Um, but sticking to KD, oh, look, the guy is obviously an unbelievable talent. Uh, someone is going to give up the house to get him. Um, 
And quite frankly, as you said, I agree. Sean Marks should be fired today, but his job is on the line regardless. He has to nail this trade. And looking through all the trades and scenarios, which I have done with Jason on a group chat, it's it's looking more likely like they're not going to get fair value back because this guy's so good. But for example, the Suns don't want to go out and give Booker. They already came and say that. Now they definitely can't because he signed to an extension. You can't trade him after one year of the extension. Uh, the Bam out of bio situation is difficult because they have Ben Simmons there. You can't trade uh, for him because of the CBA rules and the extension on rookies. So Nathan or Jason, what do you do if you're in the Nets? I know you got to trade them, but do you really think there's fair value out there? Maybe there's some three team trades. I think they kind of shot themselves in the foot on this one, honestly, because like you just said, you named like all the people like in teams that they're interested in trading with. They're unable to really get the pieces that, you know, would pretty much equate for what Kevin Durant's value is. And it's, it's like you said, you know, it's, they, it's kind of what happened when happened when they did the whole thing to get, um, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce back then and made that team and they went all out and spent everything, uh, used all their picks and everything. And it's, they're kind of in the same position now where they try to do it all in one, against in one swoop and it blew up in their face. Yeah. But, uh, I think the best bet for them is, you know, trade them to a team. Like I like the Suns, honestly, for them because they can, if they can get eight and at least and some other pieces, then they at least have something with Simmons and stuff like that. If they keep Simmons, obviously, where they can at least work around that and have a, a guard and a center. But aside from that, I mean, if they trade them to, like, say, Miami or another team like that, they're not going to get the same uh, value that they're going to get, you know, from, you know, what Kevin Durant holds. Yeah. Um, Nathan, what what do you think the, the Nets should do? I mean, look, the reality is Kevin Durant says four years on his contract. Nets have all the control here. I mean, they don't really have to trade him. They don't have to, but I think they will. But what do you think they should do? No, so this will eventually get addressed in the new CBA. But even with four years on Kevin Durant's contract – We've seen players do this over and over again. He can force his way out. He just doesn't have to try. He'll say, oh, I have an ankle injury today. I mean, you don't think Kevin Durant will do that? Of course he will. So ultimately, as much as the Nets don't want to believe it, Kevin Durant controls where he goes um, because he simply, especially Kevin Durant with his personality, he will not play somewhere he doesn't want to play. Yeah. That eliminates two-thirds of the NBA. And by the way, um, Brian Windhorst from ESPN said it perfectly earlier today. The Nets kind of have to, to cater to Kevin Durant and, and trade him to where he wants to go because, remember, you're also appealing to future superstars. I mean, if you're a superstar in the future and want to go to Brooklyn and say, well, yeah, I want to go there, but if I want to get out, he, Sean Marks or this management never traded Kevin Durant to where he wanted to go, so why the hell would I sign there? That's right. also a big part of it too. So, I don't know. I think the Nets, like you said earlier, shot themselves in the foot. Um, they are in deep trouble. Uh, this could be worse than the KG Paul Pierce experiment. I mean, this – has the chances of this franchise might explode. This could cripple um, them for a long time. I, I agree. I, I, I'm i not buying the fact that you can build your franchise around DeAndre Aiden for the next five years. You got to do better than that. I know. know and so it could cripple them or they could fire Sean Marks and hire me right now. <laughs> and I'll tell you my trade offer, which I want you guys to really think about and tell me who declines because I don't think anyone declines this trade. All right, let's hear it. And let's hear it. I think it leaves all five teams better off. Get your notepad okay. out, everyone. Yeah, let all me right. get my notes. So I'm going to start with hey. Phoenix gets Kevin Durant. Okay. All right. The Nets get DeAndre Ayton, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Mikhail Bridges, and Gabe Vincent. That hero, Robinson, uh, Bridges, and what was the last one? Aiden and Gabe Vincent. Okay. 
right, the so Jazz start, get, starting five so far. Right. The Jazz get three first round picks from Phoenix, two first round picks from the Lakers, two first round picks from Miami, and Russell Westbrook. Okay. The Lakers get Kyrie Irving, and the Heat get Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, that would be a That's, great. That would be an awesome. Trade. I don't see how any team says no to that. Actually, That's no one actually, says no. I don't know why it yeah. doesn't happen right now. No, that's true. The the only problem the only problem with that trade is, uh, well, first of all, did you do this through a salary trade on ESPN or is this? I don't know. I, I haven't I haven't fully matched salaries, but by eyeballing it, the salaries match up there. You might need to add filler players. Yeah, sure. But the salaries generally match up. I'm not gonna lie. That's a, that's a fantastic trade. Um, the only issue is i think ben simmons has to go somewhere because i don't think you can acquire um uh oh maybe you're right deandre you can acquire all those players deandre should be able to ben simmons been in the league long enough right he should well it's because of the cba the cba CBA, i don't think any of those players have it doesn't affect i was thinking about yeah that's what i was gonna say extension okay so yeah that's that's a really great honestly that might be one of the best trades i've heard uh so far i have like a (laughs) A Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant going to the Heat for you know Bam and Tyler Harrell, a couple picks and Robinson. Uh, but yeah, that's a great trade. That's good for I, the Jazz too because if they're actually trying to rebuild, they actually get a lot of stuff and then they right. can in the future. Because they just right. got five picks for Gobert, this would give them seven firsts in Westbrook. Westbrook's an expiring contract, um, so they basically get to reset next year and they'd have twelve first round picks in the future plus whatever they have now. The new, the new OKC Thunder. Exactly. Yeah. They're the new thunder. And so as Brian, I know, I don't know if you guys saw earlier today, Brian Windhorst was kind of talking about the, when Danny Ainge restart was started with the Celtics. Oh yeah. yeah, And the whole thing, something's happening in Utah. I saw that. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, if, if Danny Ainge is doing the same strategy, hired a young, young head coach for five with a five-year contract, first time head coach and said, okay, we're going to blow it up, get a ton of picks and go from there. Like the Celtics did. Um, he might be doing the same thing again here. And Utah, yeah. and so that's something to look out for. There that is his goal. There is some developing news that uh, Wojnarowski just uh, said. Basically, his thing is the Jazz gathered six first-round picks in the past 24 hours, including seven-foot Walker Kessler, the 22nd overall pick in the 2022 draft. The Jazz plan to retool the roster around All-Star guard Donovan Mitchell. I don't know how true that is. Uh, I don't even remember. Like you said, it's a players' league. Who knows if Donovan Mitchell even wants to be there at this point? Uh, he's 25 years old. I highly doubt he wants to go into a rebuilding mode. And honestly, the way this league has gone, it's a player's league. If he wants out of there, he's going to be out of there. It's, it's no question that he wants nothing to do with Utah. I mean, you could see it this year in the playoffs yet. I don't know. I just, based off that news right there, what's your guys take on that? You know, I see cakes both ways every 20 minutes. And of course, Waj, Woj, whatever he's, however you pronounce it. He's, of course, maybe the most reliable source there is, but things change. Um, so this could be the Jazz putting this information out there to try to get the Heat to up their offer, yeah. which is what I suspect this is, because when you're a rebuilding team, anyone is on the block for the right price. I think the Jazz are trying to say, okay, Heat, we don't need you. We just got a ton of first-round picks, um, and unless you want to blow our doors off with an offer, we're not going to accept. Um, I think – this offer I proposed earlier, I think the Jazz would take that. I don't know if the teams are willing to get together and make that happen. Okay, interesting. Jason, what's your take on that? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as like as you, Robert, when you said, like, I think it's 
pretty much up in the air at this point because anyone's saying anything at this point when it comes to Mitchell because they don't even know how he's feeling right now, especially after hearing this news that Gobert has been traded unless they made him um, aware of it before, which most likely they did. But um, I think it's all in his um, his power because if he doesn't want to be there and they're trying to rebuild and he thinks it's not going to be, you know, something nice around him, he can say, you know, I, I just want out, you know, like the same thing with Kevin Durant. And it's it's kind of crazy how we, how, I mean, Nathan mentioned earlier, it's going to be addressing the new CBA, the amount of power the players have right now and then controlling where they go. And it's, it's like the contract means nothing anymore. Yeah. But I think it's, uh, we'll have to see right now in the next, you know, I say a couple hours, what the news is. If they just traded right now and got all those picks, they're definitely on the phone right now making calls and seeing what else is out there. Yep. So we'll see. Very well said. Look, this is the same guy who tore down Paul Poyers and Kevin Garnett when they still had a chance to win. Uh, he, he is the master of tearing stuff down. I just don't see him doing a half reboot here. Um, I, as Nathan said earlier, I think this is just ammo to get more ammunition from a team and uh, up the heat's offer. I really believe this guy's going to be on the move, uh, but we'll get back to that in a second. I want to talk about <laughs> KD for this is arguably the biggest asset I've ever seen in it, available for trade. We're talking about a seven foot sniper, the most arguably the most unguardable player in the league. Um, and a lot of people on ESPN said it very well. You can't trade your superstar. You got Kevin Durant because you're in the same position. If you were to trade your superstar, you're, 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 you're acquiring Kevin Durant as a finishing piece. So m- most teams are probably just going to offer multiple picks you know, young, young developing players that could turn into stars. But I just don't see, for example, teams giving away a Devin Booker or a Trey Young or, you know, these top stars to get a star. I mean, the whole point of getting Kevin Durant is the finishing piece. So, Jason, any any last thoughts on the KD thing? I, I tend to agree with you on that. You know, it's not like <clears throat> someone's going to go ahead and be like, yo, let's trade Jimmy Butler for Kevin Durant. Like, it's not going to happen on, on, at this point right now. We're going to get, you know, something like you just said, picks and – Something unless there's a blow the doors off trade, like how Nathan mentioned there, where it's five teams and stars are moving there and there. I just don't see it happening. I see it's like gonna get something less value and you just have to get what you can get for him. Yeah. Nathan. You know, in the past three seasons, Kevin Durant has played 90 games. And that's not totally fair, of course, because he missed the 2019-2020 season. But on the other hand, it's a little bit fair because after playing 78 games in 1819, he got hurt. And was not there for the championship and they lost. Um, So KD at this stage in his career is injury prone and he's been injury prone in the past. I mean, remember in 2014, 15, he played 27 games. Um, He's been hurt many other times and taller guys like him that are running around a lot. They get a lot of foot injuries. He's had foot injuries. I mean, that's something to keep in mind. He looked human in the playoffs last year and, you know, he's a strong asset. And he's still going to be great this season and probably next season, but he's not quite the Kevin Durant that we're used to. And he might start to um, regress a little bit. I mean, he's going to be 34 next season. Not everybody's LeBron. I know LeBron was great and still is great. Finally falling off a little bit. Not, not everyone's LeBron is, is kind of what I'm getting at here. And so, yes, he's a good shooter. Yes. He averaged 30 points a game last year, but teams have to be a little bit cautious with what they're getting here, especially with the fact that he could say, I'm leaving at any minute. And just that aspect of it where he can say, I want to go if one year goes wrong, you can't quite give up. I know he's a four-year contract, but it's really worth the same as a guy on a one-year deal because for Kevin Durant, every year is a one-year deal. Remember, like that's very well said. Remember, Kevin Durant already had an injury 
that took him out two months uh, last season. He's coming off a catastrophic Achilles injury two years ago. I mean, uh, he's not exactly the healthiest guy either, but his talent is so off the charts that I think a lot of teams are going to do it. Well, teams are going to pay up, but when you when you don't see guys like when the Nets are wondering why can't we get a Jimmy Butler? Well, that's why because Kevin Durant's really a guy on a one year deal. He's aging. He's been injured, and yes, he's supremely talented, one of the best players ever. But when you get a guy who's essentially year to year aging, injured, he could get hurt, and that's it, and you never get anything, and you Mm -hmm. just trade the whole farm for him. It's not worth mortgaging your team's future for it. I agree. It's just such a tough position for teams because this guy is so good and 95% of the time a guy like this is just never available for trade. It just never happens, especially four years left on the contract. So I think teams are like, Oh my God, like, what do we do? He's available. Um, last thing I'll say on this, the Suns definitely have stuff to get it done. I just don't think they're going to throw Booker in. I definitely think this is going to be a three, four, maybe in five team trade because those consecutive first round picks from the Suns is a big deal. Uh, they basically control their draft for the next six years, and you can do pick swaps. So, really, you can con- have a controlled draft for the next eight years uh, with picks. Maybe that's not attractive for the for the Nets, but maybe it is for another team, and you try to do a three- or four-team or five-team trade, as Nathan mentioned earlier, which is arguably one of the best trades I've heard so far. So, um, it's going to be interesting, guys. Any last words on KD? Yeah, I, 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 one last thing I want to get in here. I really think the Nets should be focusing right now, not on stockpiling picks, but on like trying to retool for a different win now mode. Yeah, I agree. Which they can do because when you already traded a bunch of picks, you don't have your own draft. Your picks are going to be the ones that are going to be high. Um, If you're just getting teams picks that are going to be winning a lot and you get their firsts, Maybe on back end their teams the picks will be bad, but if you just get a bunch like one twenty like twenty third pick per year, and you can't package that with your fifth pick to then move up to get the guy you want in the draft, it's kind of useless. Yeah. So because the Nets don't have their own picks, I think they really need to be careful about trading for a bunch of picks because those picks probably aren't going to be that valuable. And without that top pick to attach them to, what are you going to get late first rounders? And that's what you're going to build your team around. That's not going to work. So they need to just hope that they can do something with Ben Simmons. Cause I still, I actually think Ben Simmons is a good player. Maybe he'll play, maybe, he won't. but I think he's a good player. And I think they need to still try to win their fan base suffered for too long when they're tanking before they can't go back into that a couple of years later. They have to, they have to make the best that they can out of the situation. Yep. Jason. Yeah, I, I definitely kind of agree with Nathan. They pretty much covered everything on that one there. Um, it's it's interesting to see what's going to happen right now. Like, yeah. I mean, he, like he said right here with the pick situation and everything, you know, they mortgage pretty much their future already once and a lot of those picks aren't even theirs right now. So they're kind of in a tough boat. Um, I mean, I, at this point, you know, I think we've pretty much covered yeah. everything on that because it's like, I don't know what else to say when it comes I think to we can all agree. Point. I think we can all agree on the Nets. This is probably the biggest catastrophic failure I've ever seen from a team ever since I've been following the NBA for 15 years. I mean, on paper, this team, all, all they have to show for in the last three seasons, one playoff win. You have arguably, what, three of the top 15, 20 players on one team, and you have one playoff series win. Just got swept by the Celtics. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, and they were um, always put at the odds to win the championship yeah. and all this. It was just so much hype out of nothing yeah, for no my, reason. My last thing on this is if Sean Marks nails this trade, this team could be in the playoffs next year as a six or seven seed. I mean, there's not all hope lost, but they got to nail this trade. I mean, their their future of a franchise is on the line here for at least the next – Who I hate to say it, maybe five, ten years. They got to nail this trade. Um, or there's no coming back from this. 
All right, that brings us up to our next topic. Um, obviously, some big bombshell trades have happened within the last 24 hours. Um, I want to start with the first trade. Um, this is a trade that just happened 10 minutes ago or 15 minutes ago from Woj. The Minnesota Timberwolves are trading for Rudy Gobert for a multiple of first-round picks, Walker Kessler, Patrick Beverly, a couple other players going in the trade. But more importantly, the Minnesota Timberwolves are bringing in Rudy Gobert and paying his full contract, pairing up up next to the recently extended Carl Anthony Towns. We're talking about 445 million front court now. Um, Jason, do you get this fit at all? I, I just don't get it. I honestly don't like the trade because I mean, I get it for Utah when they're trying to get rid of Gobert, obviously, and just, you know, try and, you know, rebuild for the future, but Minnesota side of it, I, I just don't get it. Like how, I don't see how that, it's going to be a nice front court. It's going to be so suffocated there on there with these two big men, plus Anthony Edwards, who is also pretty big himself, who likes to move around in the paint. Um, I, I just don't get it, honestly. I don't see how it's going to benefit them and get them further. So I'm not sure what they were thinking. Yeah. Nathan? You know, my question is, that was a pretty big package that Minnesota just gave up. Yeah. Um, you know who else is available for a pretty big package is Kevin Durant's. Um, and I know maybe the Nets just didn't want picks and that's why it didn't happen. And if, and honestly, I think this tells us that the Nets don't want picks because this didn't happen, but that, that package, the Nets just gave up for Rudy Gobert. I mean, the Timberwolves gave up for Rudy Gobert really felt like a Kevin Durant package. I mean, that was a lot to give up. I mean, a lot of these picks are unprotected. It's three unprotected picks. That's a lot. Right. I mean, for a team that, I don't know. I mean, bottom line is they treated Rudy Gobert like a superstar and they went and got him. I think Carl Anthony Towns actually can naturally move over to power forward and they're just going to go with the well, gonna He's going to have to. Right. But I actually think Towns can naturally be a power forward. I, I think he can too. Because he's so tall and he's big, but he's a good, he's a good enough shooter. He can very easily switch to that power forward slot. No problem. Um, yeah. I mean, he's a better shooter than Chris Bosch was. Um, so honestly, yes, he has a center build, but that should be an advantage and they're going to be a really big team. And this is going to make Towns' defense better next to Gobert because he's going to have to do less of what he doesn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, the one problem with this team is probably going to be perimeter defense. Um, I, I honestly don't know how they're going to play perimeter defense. So they're probably going to give up a lot of threes. Um, but the rim protection and the interior defense is going to be excellent. On offense, um, Towns is really going to become more of a shooter. Um, and that's going to have to be okay. But this, this team's going to pose a lot of challenge for people, but overall, I, I don't know. I honestly, I thought they'd be better off getting like Donovan Mitchell, but I guess the, the jazz would rather create go bear. But I, I, I got to tell you, I am absolutely shocked that Danny H pulled this off again. He got four first round picks, a 2029 top 10 protected pick, three first round picks, not protected, but to get all that coming off one of the, in my opinion, one of the worst contracts in the NBA, it's, it's, it's just unbelievable that he pulled this off and that the Minnesota completely overpaid in my opinion. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm just very surprised. Danny Ainge always gets it done, man. It's pretty impressive. Honestly, I know as a heat fan, you know, you always hate them for being on the Celtics and everything, but it's, it's just impressive. And that's another reason why I think with Mitchell and stuff, he's probably trying to pull Pat Riley's leg a bit more and try and get as more as he can, because you know, him and Pat Riley have a bit of beef. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is true. Look We'll get to Mitchell in a second, but the Gobert trade from just a basketball perspective for me makes no sense. Um, they just extended Cat, like I said. He's still a center. Um, now your solid three core is Ant Edwards, 
who, by the way, is extension eligible next year, and he better get the max from them. Uh, this team could be close to a quarter or, yeah, three quarters of a billion dollars soon. Uh, that's a lot of money, man. Um, I don't know what they're doing, but we'll see. Um, all right. I want to get into our next trade. This happened a couple of days ago. Um, I'm very intrigued. Um, I don't think this is the perfect player next to trade, but hey, the Hawks were desperate. DeJounte Murray is going in a trade to the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Spurs got multiple first round picks and some players to be back. Um, Jason, what's your thought on DeJounte Murray joining the Atlanta Hawks? And do you think this is a, a good player to pair next to Trey Young? I kind of think it's a good move just because Trey Young can play a bit off the ball more. But at the same time, I do see why you say it's kind of a weird fit because Trey Young is already a point guard and he also is led the league in assists, I believe, didn't he? That's correct. Yeah. So it's like he already is your point guard. You know, and Mitch, I mean, Murray is a great point guard. And if they plan to play Murray as their shooting guard, not have him worry about assisting, then I can see what they're doing. But I definitely see it. Definitely think it's kind of a weird pairing, but it could turn out to be something really cool. So you never know. Yeah. Look, DeJounte Murray is an awesome player. He does everything well. Uh, shoots not the best, but he's still a respectable shooter. His finishing and assist is is what really you know makes him the player he is. Nathan, yeah. what's your take on Dejounte Murray and going to the Hawks? I think the Hawks thinking was let's not overthink this. Let's get a good player, and I think that's wrong. Um, so they, as you saw, they traded Kevin Herter today, so he's essentially going to replace Kevin Herter's role. Um, they're of course going to stagger Murray and Young's minutes. So really, they'll probably share the court for around twenty minutes a game, and then the rest of the game, one of them will be in a point guard. So they're both going to play point guard. But those minutes when they're both in, I mean, what the Hawks are thinking is we have Trey Young. He's a good shooter, bad defender. So exactly. Murray, we have a bad shooter, good defender. So that should be complimentary. But that's not really how it works because Murray's value on offense is as like a true point guard, but not necessarily a shooter. But Trey Young's whole value is that he holds the ball the whole game more than anybody. And his, he's not, he doesn't sacrifice efficiency for extreme ball dominance and usage. And so that's why Trey Young's such a good offensive player. But on defense, sure, you put Murray out there. He's a good defender. Okay. You still have Trey Young out there. So you're, they, they, they already don't put Trey Young on the point guard. They just hide him. Like they put him on P.J. Tucker against the Heat. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're still going to have to hide Trey Young on defense. So, yes, you added a good defensive player in, in Murray. But I, like on offense, he's not going to be able to do as much because – Trey Young totally gets rid of Murray's value on offense. And I think what's going to end up happening is Murray's going to really look lost on offense. He's not going to know what to do. And then they're going to say, oh, let's give Murray the ball and put Trey Young off the ball. And then Trey yeah. Young's going to be a much worse player because his whole point of Trey Young is to, for him to be an on-ball player. He, he likes to control ball. the whole game. So. He likes to control the game, and he's excellent at it. The Hawks yeah. were a very good offensive team last year. They're just horrible on defense, <laughs> partially because Trey Young can't play defense. And I know they got rid of Gallinari, which is going to help their defense, but – you know, uh, their shooting is going to be much worse next year without Gallinari. Also, it's just it's something. something I don't know. I, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like it works to me. I think the Hawks are going to be about equal. I think overall, losing Herder and Gallinari and getting Murray, this is a lateral move. Yeah, you guys. You guys said it best. Look, I. I think everyone knows that Dejounte Murray is a really good player. I think the Hawks need. They could address defense somewhere else. I just think you need another shooter next to Trey Young to space out the floor more. But you know what? DeJounte Murray is a nice, you know, consolation prize. Still a really good player. Uh, fits a lot of their needs just offensively. I don't know how it's going to work, but we'll see. Defensively, 
it's going to work fine. Um, we'll, we'll see. Time will tell. Uh, I would have rather them uh, go for Aiton instead of Murray if they would have done it for anything. <laughs> I agree. But you know what? And, and DeJounte Murray is also a ball dominant player too. He needs yeah. the ball in his hand a lot. It's, right. it's going to be interesting to see. I think Trey Young was like second in the league last year, statistically uh, holding the ball the longest. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting pair, but look, Hawks were desperate. They weren't going to land anyone in free agency. So why not take a swing and see what happens? Um, all right, guys. Next trade I want to get into just happened a couple hours ago, and I think this is a huge move for the Boston Celtics. They acquired Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, Jason's mentioned earlier they needed a playmaking guard. Well, they got their guard. And quite frankly, I don't know how the Pacers only got this much for him. Brogdon is, is, is a solid, good player. Look, he's not a superstar or star, but he knows how to play basketball and run an offense. Um, to get him for just a first-round pick, Daniel Tyson, Naismith, who's who knows what what he's going to do. I mean, that's a steal for the Celtics. Brad Stevens has swung and made a lot of good trades. So, Nathan, what's your take on the Brogdon trade to the Boston Celtics? You know, this trade actually makes me sick. Um, Agreed. This is the one of the one of the most lopsided trades I've ever seen in NBA history. I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. I mean, the Celtics, in my mind, are the title favorites next year. This is exactly what the Celtics needed. And the Pacers basically said, oh, here you go. I mean, <laughs> Agreed, Aaron Neesmith and Daniel Tice are guys that were completely out of their rotation. I mean, not good players, really with no potential. So those are just salary matchers, essentially. And then they said, oh, you know, one first-round pick that's going to be like the 30th pick. I mean, essentially, the Pacers wanted to dump Brogdon's contract. And the fact that – I mean, forget anything else – why weren't other teams offering more? Like if you're the Pacers, you have to do your due diligence elsewhere. And if the Celtics say, Oh, if you don't accept now, then we're going to pull our offer. Okay. You can get better than that anywhere. You think there's almost not a team in the league that wouldn't give you a first round pick for Brogdon. Cause the, all they got is a first round pick for Brogdon. Um, anyone in the league would have given you that. And by the way, you could have gotten a much better first round pick from anyone else in the Celtics. Cause they're going to win the championship next year with this. And right now before any KD or Mitchell moves, I would maybe because that can change with their KD and Mitchell go, but right now, as things stand, the Celtics are my favorite to win the championship, which makes um, me say. very well said, Jason. Before you go, look, preparing him next, Marcus Smart, that might be the best defensive backcourt in the NBA right now. Um, Agreed. You still got mentioning the front court with Horford and Robert Williams. Yeah, Sorry, you, it's ridiculous. You, yeah, you still got you still got obviously Tatum and Brown. I mean, I'm assuming Brown's now going to move to small forward, and they'll put Tatum at the power forward. Big deal. Still gonna, be, and then you got Al Horford. Look, he's 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 a solid player. He always plays well in the green. I mean, this team, you said it coming out of the East, they might be my pick. Um, I, I just cannot believe they got him for what they did. But what's your take on that, Jason? I that I mean, Nathan said it pretty much perfectly because we spoke about it, you know, a couple podcasts ago. I believe Rob, we were talking about possible trades yeah. and what Boston could use, and they definitely nailed it right on the hammer there. They needed a Another guard because they needed – like their backup guard definitely was not cutting it. And now that they have Brogdon, they can pair it nice with Smart. You said their perimeter defense is going to be off the charts most likely because Brogdon is an amazing defender. He's always been great since he came in the league. And he can actually shoot the three well pretty well too, so he can spread the floor. Great but, um, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see. Like I think Nathan is right there. I mean, if there's any other moves that happen where it's like a big move or KD goes to his team or something or Mitchell maybe that's going to push somebody over the edge – but the Celtics are definitely the best team in the NBA on paper right now. They have the best squad, and defensively, they're going to be scary. Yeah. Um, we'll see, man. There's still a lot of free agency left to go, uh, a lot of trades that could still happen. Um, 
Speaking, Let's by t- the way, speaking of KD in this situation, if you're the Celtics right now and the Nets come up to you and say, look, give us Jalen Brown or Jalen Brown in a first, and we'll give you KD, what do you say? If I'm the Nets, I do it because you got I got to build around for the next 10 Well, if you're years. the Nets, you do it. What do you do if you're the Celtics? You got to do it. That's a, that's a guaranteed championship if everyone's healthy. Yeah, I think you have to. I mean, if it's Kevin Durant for that, just Aiden Brown and a pick, then I mean, Jason sorry. Tatum, Jason Tatum, Tatum and Kevin Durant together alone with Marcus Martin, Brogdon, and Horford and Robert Williams. That would be a scary team. Yeah, Why? Like, I mean, honestly, that that might be what happens. And and more importantly, you take the load off Jason Tatum. He, you could tell in the oh, finals God. he was exhausted. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We'll see, man. The Nets definitely have options. Like I said. They have a chance to really replenish their mistakes, but they got to nail this trade. Um, guys, those are mainly the big trades that have happened in the last couple of days. I'm sure there's going to be more later on. Um, I want to talk about a potential trade we talked about earlier in the podcast with Donovan Mitchell. I think a lot of people in the NBA believe he's either going to get traded to the Miami Heat or New York Knicks. Knicks just signed Jalen Brunson, so I highly doubt they have the cap room to make that happen now, and they seem to be hesitant to give up R.J. Barrett. So that really leaves – the Miami Heat. Look, I said this earlier. I believe that if Pat Riley wanted to get Jeremy Grant, he would have got him. I believe if he wanted to get Christian Wood, he would have got him. Two players that could have helped this team for next year. They need. They do need a couple of pieces. I'm just under the belief that Donovan Mitchell is there. He has been known to say that he wants to be leaving Utah. There was a report that came out the other day that his preferred destination is not the Knicks. It's actually the Miami Heat. I believe that at some point in time, they're going to acquire him before the season starts. Do any of you guys agree with that, or do you think he's going to stay and they're just going to rebuild in Utah? Um, if I had to bet, you know, I mean, it seems like Mitchell is unhappy there in Utah just based off all the past, you know, few seasons and just coming up short in the playoffs and just how they've handled, you know, building around him and just the whole situation with Gobert, too. Just it's a bundle of everything. I think it's just ready to have a fresh start. But it is tough to say if they're going to trade him this offseason. Um, I know Malik was saying, we spoke on the group chat, that he was talking about um, them possibly tra- waiting till the end of the year and then trading him there. But it's I think he's definitely on the move either this offseason or by the end of the year he'll be in a different uniform. Yeah. Nathan? You know, I really wonder if Danny Ainge led Pat Riley on the whole time with Donovan Mitchell. Couldn't get enough out of him where he thought he was going to screw him over and said, you know what, I've screwed him over enough because I made him miss out on all these other guys, making him think he was going to get Donovan Mitchell. And then just decided, yeah, I'm not going to give you guys Donovan Mitchell because he doesn't like Pat Riley. (laughs) And he just let him on the whole time. Still got what he wanted with Gobert and all those picks. And then said, yeah, great, I got to screw Pat Riley in the process. And now he's not going to give him to us. I really wonder if that's what happened. Um, You know, if it was any other GM in Utah, I think Mitchell would be in Miami. But – you know, Riley has too much pride to really give a lot to Danny Ainge, I think. And Ainge is going to want to screw over Riley. And they might not make it happen. So that's the one thing that um, worries me about this Mitchell situation. Because with other GMs, I would agree that's what makes logical sense. And both teams have motivation to get a deal done. But, you know, there's also motivation between these two guys to not make a deal. And so I'm honestly not sure what's going to happen. Yep. I really want Donovan Mitchell here because I think that's our only chance to compete with the Celtics and the Bucks at this point. If the Bucs are healthy, of course. Um, I think he got a little bit worse this offseason. Um, and, you know, we, we really need something because the free agency cupboard is quickly thinning out. Um, we're missing out on a lot of guys that could have helped this team incrementally. And, you know, when you're good that close to the championship, you're one shot away, you're one 
Max Struess and Joey from from a championship, you know, or at least making the finals. Yep. You only need incremental progress sometimes, but they they're swinging big to really bolster themselves. And Danny Ainge might have screwed us over here, so we'll see well, what happens. Well, speaking last thing on Donovan Mitchell, another report just came out from Brian Windhorst, who I actually respect the reporter. I think he's a good reporter. Just said talking to a league executive who saw some of this coming, they think it would be abnormal for Donovan Mitchell to not want out at this point. There are multiple teams out there who are now reviving up the possibility of calling Utah and getting him out of there. And then he also believes that um, Mitchell will be traded before the season starts. Look, they just got five first round picks for Utah. They could probably get three first and a, and a young solid player to build around for a while. Uh, so you're talking about nine first round picks and a young player you can build around. If you're a Utah, that's a great way to rebuild um, because look, Donovan Mitchell does not want to be there. Um, so that's the last I'm going to say on that. You take that with whatever way you want to take it. Um, any last words on Donovan Mitchell? I think we pretty much hit it on the head with everything because it's just like, it's just, we got to wait at this point and see it. Like you said, Danny Ainge may just be toying with us. So we got to just, you know, go with the flow. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. Those are the NBA trades that happened recently. And uh, we talked a little bit about Donovan Mitchell, the KD. Um, guys, I want to talk about some NBA transactions that stood out to you that you really liked. Um, I'll start first. Look, he's not a sexy name. He's not a big name. But I think he's the perfect player for what this team needs. I thought Joe Ingles to the Milwaukee Bucks was a perfect move for them. Exactly what they need. A 3 and D guy. Look, they got the players they need to win a championship. They just need solid role pieces. Um, and I thought the re-signing of Bobby Portis was huge for them. He does a lot for that team. Look, did he get paid over a little bit? Sure, but a lot of free agents do. So that's one that stood out to me. But Jason, was there anyone that stood out to you in free agency that you said, wow, that's a great move for this team? I definitely agree with you when you said about the uh, Joe Ingles trade there, because he's a very good uh, player and just not even on the court, but in the locker room too, he's a good guy to have. Um, the other one I would say that was interesting was <clears throat> the Clippers getting John Wall. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was a good move for them, especially if it pans yet? out. Yeah. It's two years, 13 million. Mm -hmm. Wow. I think that's a good move for that, especially if he's healthy and Kawhi and them are healthy. That's a scary team, man. Yeah, John Wall still got basketball. I think he just has his bad rep because he hasn't played in two years and he made all this money. But now that he has a fresh start, I, I totally agree. And they kept Zubak as well. Yeah, they re-signed him to a three-year, I believe it was 35 million bucks, something yeah, close to that. something so, like that. Um, Nathan, anything that stood out to you in free agency? I'll make a couple comments. So first off, I agree. I think you guys hit the two best deals already. And those are really the two that stood out to me as far as signings um, with um, Angles and um, and John Wall. Um, one move that I thought was particularly bad was um, the Anthony Simons um, deal. I you mean, know what? Look, guy, sorry, go ahead. I, I, I'm yes and no on that. Look, I thought he showed a lot of promise, but I think they were. Uh, it's unfortunate that he's a free agent this year and not next year because you got to got one more good yeah. look at him. That's Beginning of this, yeah. Be, go ahead. You don't give a hundred million dollars to a guy that showed a little bit of promise, not really playing alongside your guy because Lillard went out, and that's kind of when Simons went off. I mean, to give four years, a hundred million dollars to this guy. I mean, he averaged seventeen point three points, three point nine assists. Like that, those aren't crazy numbers. I mean, that, that, that's a lot of money to give someone $25 million a year who you really know nothing about. I mean... It could, it could end up being one of those hard contracts to move where he has a very bad year. Exactly. So, and we, we don't really know what he's going to look like next to Lillard yet. There's a lot of... They made a lot of moves. Jeremy Grant. I, I, I don't know. 
I really, I don't, I don't, I'd be very, um, very apprehensive if I was a Blazer fan with that move. All right. Um, now we're just going to go through a couple of the NBA transactions that have happened and talk about it for a couple of minutes. Um, we'll start with one move that I also liked. I like Bruce Brown, the former Hurricane, uh, yeah. going to the Denver Nuggets. I know Jason liked it as well. Look, this team, we know what the situation is. Jokic is awesome. Murray's coming back from an ACL injury. The whole key to this team is Michael Porter Jr. Um, they're just acquiring role players around that. If Michael Porter Jr. plays what he's capable of playing, this team could be dangerous next year. Uh, any quick thoughts on Bruce Brown going to the Denver Nuggets? I think it's a great pickup for them, honestly. They like they need a little bit more defense, and it, it I think it'll pair well with their way they play. And like you said, the whole thing is MPJ. If he plays great and stays healthy, that team is very dangerous. Yep. Nathan? Yeah, I mean – Bruce Brown is a good player. I don't think I don't want to read too much into this move. Um, when you just having guys like that on your team is generally good. He's generally going to help the team. I wouldn't say he's a particularly amazing or poor fit with him. He's kind of just a guy that you have on your bench, can start a couple of games that will help you win games. Um, so, do I think he really moves the needle in any way? No, I don't think Bruce Brown moves the needle. I like Bruce Brown, former Kane. But I, he doesn't move the needle, but he's a guy that can help you win games sometimes. And I think so he's a that, solid basketball player. That's, solid basketball yeah. player, low money contract, low risk, good move, but not something that's going to make me say, oh, they're going to even change their seat at all. But I no, of course. help them win a game. It's I the think, guy you want on your team. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I think this is a team. I don't think no team would not want Bruce Brown on your team. So um, let's get to one report where I just, at this point, I don't feel bad for him anymore. Um, look. There's two sides to the story. Bradley Beal signed a five-year, $251 million contract. Every single reporter out there that gives him crap for leaving the Wizards um, is crazy because I don't think any of those reporters would ever turn down an extra $50 million to not go somewhere else. I think this is a classic. Let me stay one year and ask for a trade next year. But we've seen this time and time again. Bradley Beal could have asked for a trade two years ago and got the same amount of money somewhere else from another team, from an actual competing team. Um Look, Nathan, I know you like Bradley Beal a lot. What's your take on uh, his deal and, and, and just thoughts overall? You know, we talked about this in our draft podcast a little bit. The fit with him and Johnny Davis is really poor. Um, yeah. I think having Beal there is going to kind of hamper Davis's development and kind of almost certainly turn into a bust. Um, so <laughs> if you're the Wizards, you don't really have a future with Beal and kind of your, your younger guys um, where, where you're really going to be a good team. I really don't think the Wizards should have offered him anything. I think the Wizards should be trying to trade him right now, whether or not he wants out. Um, and I'm sure he'll be okay getting out. So regardless of what Beal wants in the situation, he got his money from the Wizards. He got that big contract. Now if I'm the Wizards, I'm actually looking to trade him, maybe this year at the trade deadline. Agreed. Because there's not a timeline in my mind where Beal really helps them win anything. Yep. It's kind of like they're retaining him because, oh, we have to hang on to our guy, but – no, you kind of got to you gotta rebuild or you're going to be like the 11th seed in the East. There's too many good teams in the East. <laughs> they're going to be a 40-win or like a 30-win team every year. From that right. Season. So, I mean, like, it's not even like they're treading like mediocrity in like the 5-6 range. No, they're going to be like the 11-12 range. So, they should be actively trying to trade Beal. And I'm sure Beal will be okay with that. And it's even better if he's not asking out because then you just trade him to anywhere. Yeah. He, doesn't have, he doesn't come with the, oh, here's my list of three teams. No, just trade him somewhere. Bradley Beal is one. yep. Bradley Beal is the kind of guy that can win you a championship as, a, as your solid number two player. Um, I hate three. to say, I hate to say it two or three. Yeah, I would say two or three. Yeah, two. Or, look, I hate to say two, it two A two B. 
Bradley Beal probably has two legitimate years of being an awesome basketball player, but we might be looking at the next Russell Westbrook situation. Um, this could easily turn into one of the worst assets in the NBA. It's a lot of money, man, for a guy who's basically 30 years old. Um, we'll see. Time will tell. I respect the hell out of Bradley Beal. I think he's a great basketball player. I'm not going to give him crap for, for taking an extra 50 million bucks. I think anyone would. Um, good for him. Got his money. Hope it works out in Washington. I don't think any of us think it's going to happen. Besides Washington fans, I don't think a casual NBA fan can even name you another player on that team. So um, we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, all right, we're going to wrap it up pretty soon here. Uh, quick thoughts on Zach Levine resigning with the Bulls. I like it, but I still think, you know, it's possible if they go, um, you know, uh, a down, like, sorry, if they have a bad start to the season and it's not looking good, they might make some moves and trade. But I think they're trying to run it back after not having a full healthy season together over there, all, the, all of them, Lonzo, Levine, and DeRozan. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to name you some of the transactions, and then after, just give me your thoughts on anything that sticks out to you. So um, Jalen Brunson signed a four-year, $104 million deal. We talked about Inferni Simmons. Mitchell Robinson goes back to the New York Knicks for $60 million for four years. Bobby Portis, four-year, $50 million deal. Nurkic resigns after his year-long injury, four-year, seventy million. Uh, Grizzlies resign Tyus Jones for thirty million two-year deal. Very nice to see. Gary Payton is back along with uh, Kayvon, Kayvon Looney, both three-year deals. Well, Gary uh, Payton's in. Uh, Gary Payton signed um, Portland. Oh, Portland! Wow. Yeah. I, I'm seeing that right now. That's a big loss for them. And then last, um, oh, a couple more. PJ Tucker, three-year deal, thirty-three million. Uh, Malik Monk's going to the Kings for two years, 20 million. And Lou Dort got $87 million for five years. Uh, he had a re-signing Victor Oladipo and Dwayne Dedman. Um, those are basically the, the names that stood out here on this list. Anything that stood out to you guys? Was that PJ Tucker deal confirmed? Yeah, I wasn't yeah, sure. It's that was three years, yeah. 33 million, and he's 39 years old. Oof. I mean, that, I, I think Daryl Morey, I, mean, I, think, I think I saw something about Denwell House as well. Uh, Daryl Morey is trying to reassemble the Rockets plus him. That's what I said. Um, <laughs> exactly what I said. Time. He, he had, I think his actual thinking is, you know, our Rockets team is really good. Let's just add Embiid and we'll win a championship. But that's not going to work because now P.J. Tucker is 100 years old and James Harden isn't as good. And, yes, they have Maxi, but it, it's just different. Um, Don't be surprised if they trade for Eric Gordon next. I actually heard rumors linking them to Eric Gordon. How funny would that be? I've been saying that for his whole season. I'm like, is he just going to break Houston and Philly? Like, like we still have to do that. I'll still never forget the famous meme of uh, PJ Tucker on stilts playing center when they had no center. That was funny. <laughs> right. Um, something else that stood out to me real fast was uh, Dort getting 85 million. Awesome player. Offensively. I like him a lot, man. Offensively. Could work. Look, at this point, you're getting the NBA now where you have to pay a premium on players. I don't blame OKC. He's really good for them. 87 million. Is about right in today's market. Five that, years. Um, yeah, five years. So I'm fine with I, that. I think that's actually okay. At first, the number looked big to me. Then I thought more about it, considering the Thunder situation. You know, it makes sense from the lockdown. It a makes sense, guy like that. Wow. It, to um, me, it makes sense. And in, and in three years from now, that's going to be an excellent contract, actually. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think it actually makes sense for them. All right, guys. A couple more thoughts I want to talk about really fast. Um, this guy cost himself a lot of money. Um, he was one of the top guys on the market. Um, in case you guys don't know, Miles Bridges just got, you know, in trouble for domestic violence. Uh, we have to wait for the report to see what actually happened. Uh, there was a video of his kid telling, you know, police what happened. It was very sad to see. 
guys, what's up with Miles Bridges? You think he's going to play the season, get a deal? What, what's what's your take on this? It's very sad. I think he's going to get. I think he hopefully the league steps in because he should be suspended for some because that's really like uncalled for. What's you know, going on in that whole situation? Obviously, I don't know all the details and everything. Obviously, but it's just it's pretty sad when you see a video of like you know the son on the phone to say things that he was saying. It's just not right. But um, he should definitely maybe be you know held accountable obviously for that stuff and um i don't know what's gonna happen i think you know the nba is probably gonna step in there might be some assistance from the player association but we all have to see what happens like you know with the legal part of it of course obviously i think we can realistically expect a year ban from him uh, yeah at least off, a year i think based off you know what adam silver has done in the past nathan what's your take on miles bridges in this recent no, i don't remember a situation quite like this in the nba um obviously there's a lot of this in the nfl yeah i don't know the nba is going to react um We'll wait and see. He's clearly not going to get a deal. Um, I don't, and the NBA and the NFL teams will do this type of stuff. NBA is not going to touch him. We may not hear from Miles Bridges again in his career, honestly. Yeah, it, it's, it really happened. yeah it's, 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 it's incredible. You know, I was telling Jason early, look, and for the guys listening at home, look, you have an absolute privilege. You get paid to play basketball. All you have to do is be a decent person and you throw all that away. It's just, it's just crazy. There's people out there that would love to be in his position. and One silly move, man, just changes just, your whole life, man. You, yeah. you got to think about it, bro. Waste of talent. Um, I think we can all agree we none of us condone that, and, and he gets whatever he deserves coming to him. Um, last, thing I, last thing I want to talk about before we end the pod here is the Kyrie Irving situation. Look, guys, um, I'm going to ask you straight up, is he going to be on another team besides the Nets before the season starts? Do you think they're going to buy him out, trade him for Westbrook to the Lakers? Um, Nathan, what's your take on Kyrie Irving? What do you think it's going to happen before the season starts? Kyrie Irving will be a Laker because Kyrie Irving wants to be a Laker. Nobody else will take Kyrie Irving because Kyrie Irving will not play for anybody else. And the Nets will get something back from the Lakers for Kyrie Irving. Um, the Nets do not want Westbrook, I believe. Um, I, I assume the Nets don't want Westbrook. So there will probably be a third team involved. To me, the Jazz still make the most sense. They'll absorb Westbrook and they'll absorb picks. Um, and... Kyrie Irving will be a Laker. Yep. Uh, Jason? Yeah. I kind of agree with that. I think it's written in the stars at this point that he's going there because, you know, like, he, like Nathan said, he's going to play where he wants to play. And yeah, I know he put that list out of his teams and he mentioned, like, you know, <laughs> heat and all that stuff. None like, of them you know, which had caps, yeah, by the way. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So it's like, you know, we know where he's going. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, this was fun. I agree with you, by the way. I think Kyrie Irving will be a Laker. I think it's just a matter of time. That's one nothing to do with him. Guys, it's been fun. Uh, next time we'll do a pod. We'll have all the answers to where all these guys are going. We can give you more of an insight what's actually going to happen this season. But it's most exciting time of the year for fans. Um, I hope they enjoy it as much as we do. Um, guys, thanks for coming on. We'll talk soon. Yeah, go ahead. Last word. I didn't mention this before. The Knicks are going to be the Knicks forever. I mean, Knicks fans. I'm we know sorry. that. I'm sorry, Knicks fans. I'm not complaining. Sorry, New Yorkers, whoever's listening out there. I'm sure there's a couple of Knicks fans. Um, guys, it's been fun as always. We'll talk basketball soon. Have a nice weekend. And uh, yeah, thanks, viewers at home. You too. Appreciate you having me on, Rob. Always right, a good man. time. Peace. Yep. See you.